Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your favorite blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So, did you hear the the more craziness now? What more craziness? In Atlanta. I pay no attention Some to the news crazy, anymore. It's better for my mental health. Some crazy domestic terrorist type people like tried to burn down a police enclave, and that's nice um, of them. I love crazy we people. We have to stop. We have to stop this constant at each other's throats on both sides of the issues, and you know, the independent people in the middle. We have to stop it. It just needs to stop, and. You know, I was having a conversation before we started in the green room with our guest, Colin Hughes. Welcome to the show, Colin. We were talking about this issue in the green room. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Having me, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so what? Tell us your 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 background. Like, what's what what brought you here today? Well, my background is I've I've always been somebody who's gone after my dreams. As a child, I grew up dreaming of being a cowboy, a pilot, and an actor. I rode bulls for 18 years, you know, professionally against some of the legends of the sport of rodeo. So I accomplished that dream. Then I went into announcing rodeos when I got too old to ride bulls. And I'm a retired airline pilot. Now I'm a voice actor. So I've I've, got all three. I've got all three until my world came to a crashing halt June 10th of 2022. My 15-year-old granddaughter ended her own life. That's awesome. I, I had never thought of the topic of suicide before this. You know, I, I've always been a person. I learned when I started to announce rodeos that I love the microphone and the microphone loves me. You put me in a, in a crowd of thousands of people and I'm like, yeah, we're about to have some fun. And <laughs> throughout my life, there's been a handful of times that I've literally have been within seconds of death. Once as a child, I almost drowned. Another time, I missed a car running over me from just inches. It was going like 60, 70 miles an hour. And since I started to announce rodeos, I've always wondered, you know, why have I been given this gift? And I've been saved. What am I being saved for? When I got the call that morning, was my, you know, I showed my daughter as the, as the caller ID. So I'm like, hey, honey, how you doing? All of a sudden, I realized it's not her. It, it's, it's her husband my uh, granddaughter's stepfather. And I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what. And when he told me, I'm just screaming. I've never screamed and yelled in grief before like that. And, but within seconds after him telling me, all of a sudden, it, it just, almost like you're hearing me now, says, this is what you're being saved for. And so here I am doing whatever I can to get out messages of hope and love that, that, that 
but there's more out there in this world than, than hate. And it's anyway, that's, that's why I'm here right now. The bad stuff is what everybody always focuses on. The, yeah. the news always focuses on the bad stuff, but I, I'm with you. I, there needs to be more positivity and, and, uh, hugs and stuff <laughs> to put it. Yeah. It, it's, oh, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I took a course online last week, uh, QPR Institute. It's uh, QPR stands for question, persuade, refer. Question somebody, you know, are you having suicidal thoughts? It's, you know, that, that it, and I've got a certificate that I'm now a QPR gatekeeper, which means if I talk to somebody who, who is facing this situation, I've been trained, you know, how to ask the questions so you question them and you talk, you know, listen, you listen, and it's just making sure that they're truly feel that in the questioning that, that you're listening to them. That's the biggest part of it. And the next thing is persuade, persuade them to get help, persuade them not to go through with it and refer. The best way is to, to just take them to an appointment, you know, find somebody and you take them to the appointment with a professional or, or whatever, uh, with whoever there is that can truly help them. You know, it could be a minister, a rabbi, whatever. And, but one of the things that stuck out to me is this course said that every suicide has one thing in common or every suicide contemplation. Anyone who's thought of suicide and everyone who has done suicide or even attempted suicide there's one thing in common. They have lost all hope. And that's one thing in this world that, man, there's just so many people feeling there's no hope in the world anymore because of all the garbage that's going on. Yeah, when you when you wake up in the morning and the first thing you see on the news is riots in Atlanta or some other crap or the government is fighting with each other again or there's a war going on in Ukraine, it's a little... Makes it a little complicated to have a lot of hope. If if you look at history, though, these things have been going on since the dawn of time, right? <laughs> but I, the only thing I can think of is, is with social media today. You know, everybody is a newscaster now, <laughs> yeah. self-made newscaster. You know, oh, you know, I saw this. You're online. It's. Uh, I'll give you one good example of one thing of how people just get so caught up in social media is I'm politically I'm right leaning. And there was a gentleman who's on my Facebook page that uh, he put something in quotes that president Obama said, you know, just was very, you know, a couple sentences. And I went and I looked up the entire talk. And in the entire talk, what he said, he says, well, this is something that we would never, ever say or do, but this is what happened. And I told him, I says, hey, I wrote back to this guy. Have you read the whole talk? He says, why are you sticking up for him? Go read the whole talk, buddy. The context is everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're going to find that on both sides. And right. people just don't take the time today to 
research and to find out what's truly going on. It's, oh, yeah, I, I saw it on Facebook. And I only read the headline. I didn't bother to click through to the link and read the whole thing. Well, yeah? Yeah. Well, and a big, a big problem today, and social media is a big part of it, and it does in the end affect people's mental health, is people say something and some and other people hear it and then assign their own meaning to it. Yeah. And they don't ask you, is this, did you mean this? They don't ask you. They just tell you you're wrong. It doesn't mean this. And you're saying, you're right. You're, I know it doesn't mean that. That's not what I said. Yes, it is. That's what you said. No, instead you, you get just shut down and they don't want to hear what you actually said. And so context, what mm-hmm. I was meaning to say is very, very important as compared to what you heard, because I might not have communicated it well enough. Right. And, and, and before and, social media, it was just people, okay, we're going to get in an argument. There's always, if you're talking politically, I don't care which side you are. It's, if somebody's from the far left or the far right, you are not going to be able to change their mind on anything. No. Oh my gosh, and they're not going to even, <laughs> they're not even going to listen to a discussion. It's, it's, that's it. They just no. put up the ball. You're wrong. Okay. Yeah. Echo chamber people. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's, and that's exactly it. And like, I see it on Twitter because there's people paid by, you know, both parties to post things um, against the other party. Oh, and yeah. it's not, it's never, it's never to promote why I should like them. It's always why I should hate the other guy. And yeah. I often I say to myself, well, what if I don't like either one of you? How do I know? Because you're not telling me what you think. You're just telling me what they think. Uh-huh. What you want me to think they think. Yeah. And it, I, it's, it drives. And then there's people who get so um, emotionally attached to one of the ideologies mm-hmm. that then when it doesn't go their way, like if I know when, when Trump uh, – Came the president, a lot of people left leaning. Like I'm going to kill myself. Oh, I'm going to move oh, to Canada. So there you go. You know, I don't like, get it. it. It makes to me it makes no sense. But if someone has lost hope, all hope, like you said, that's where yeah, they might it's, head. It's you know i I didn't kill myself when Obama or even think about it when when Obama was elected or when Biden was elected. <laughs> Just like okay. What it is. I thought a little bit about moving back to Canada, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that you she have that, could've. now that you have that certification, what are you going to do with it? Well, I'm working on right now putting together some uh, a presentation for going out into schools, colleges, churches, and and giving talks. So I cool. I, I love public speaking. Like I say, I've been given this gift to Gab. And for a long time, I thought, you know, what am I supposed to do with this public speaking? You know, I, tr- I tried putting together several presentations that I never went out to give at all. But I thought, what about this topic? No, I just, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I couldn't find passion for something. But now with this in my life, it's something that I can be extremely passionate about. Because I lost my grandchild, she was she was this amazing 
amazing person. But um, I was talking before we went on on the air that I've had five daughters. My oldest daughter was back in my wild sewing notes days that I didn't even know her until she was 15 years old. And so she was angry at me, you know, a lot in and out of my life. Hadn't talked to her for several years. And then she gets a hold of me through Facebook Messenger. Said that she wanted to talk to me and she told me she was diagnosed with cancer. And I lost her January 29th of 2015 to cancer. But, you know, I've got able to have those last few years with her and be there at her bedside when she took her last breath. That brought my oldest granddaughter back into my life. And she's a junior in college now. <laughs> the uh, mother of this grandchild that I lost, she comes from a sibling group of four girls from my first marriage. It's a lot of girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was starting to follow in the footsteps of my father, uh, drinking, chasing women, you know, just not a good, a good person to be married to. When their mother and I got divorced, she remarried a man who was retired military asked me if he could adopt the girls so that they could have the ben insurance benefits and other things, you know, that are related to his uh, military retirement. I thought, you know, that's more than I can afford to pay in child support, so sure. And once I signed those papers, though, then I was, it was that, that, I, that time that I realized that I was not allowed contact with these, with these girls anymore. And, of course, they felt abandoned by me. And really didn't want anything to do with me because of that. In 2004, the second oldest of the girls reached out to me. We had a relationship for a while. Then through family pressure, she backed out of the relationship. That came again a little bit later on. And then out again. And then uh, my wife of 17 years now was uh, when this daughter reached back out to me. She says, well, honey, you should, you should answer her email. You should. I says, honey, this, I know what'll happen. <laughs> oh, she, she's a social worker. So she is all about relationships <laughs> and strengthening those relationships. Says, this could be the start of something. I just, this went on for, I don't know how many weeks. And I says, Okay, honey, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do. I will do it, but just to show you that I know what's going to happen. Sure enough, it happened again. And I was uh, flying at the time, uh, living in Vegas, based in Houston, Texas. And I was home on time off. And... <laughs> My wife asked me, says, now if she contacts you ever again, what are you going to do? I said, honey, you know, I can't go through that. She says, oh, I understand. I said, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but the next morning, I'm saying my morning prayers. And right in the middle of it, it's, it's I hear this voice. I mean, it, it's, it's more than that still, small voice, you know, that you hear 
people talk about when they're praying some witnesses. Pray for your children. Let's pray for my children. They don't want anything to do with me. I have no children. Why should I pray for them? Pray for your children. And after five minutes of this, okay, I'll do it. I can't remember <laughs> what I said or what, but I went, I, I'd always have to, you know, go down to the airport here in Vegas, catch a ride to Houston to start work. And day one of a four day trip, I had an overnight in Detroit, flew back to Houston the next day, unloading, unloading people in Houston. I'm walking up the jet bridge, phone rings. It's this daughter. She was divorced now living up in the Northeast with my granddaughter, who I had not seen since she was like two years old. And her ex-husband was living with my grandson that I've never met, living in Florida. The father was killed in an automobile accident. My grandson was hanging onto his life by a thread in a coma in the hospital, several bones broken, his internal organs exposed not knowing if he's going to make it. And my daughter tells me that she's down in Florida in the hospital and her sisters can't come be with her. Her mother can't come be with her and want it and just needed some support, some support. And I says, I'm on the next flight. What was so special about this granddaughter of mine? My grandson's doing fine but now, by the way, he's great. He's just growing like a weed and he's, he's this wonderful, 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 loving person but uh, this granddaughter never said anything like grandpa where have you been all these years she just accepted me like there was no gap in our relationship at all and just loved me and my wife and I took her to Hawaii when she was 12 years old on vacation and just she She never asked for one thing. The, oh, she did ask for one thing. And that was for us to take her to a store where she could buy her own swimsuit. <laughs> but when we got there, old grandpa, he found the most expensive one at Macy's. It cost, her, cost us over $100 for a swimsuit. <laughs> and paid for it myself. I said, grandpa, that's too much. We found the, the attraction of, swim with, of uh, swim with the Dolphins. Oh, grandpa, that costs too much money. I said, well, do you want to do it? Oh, Grandpa, I can't do that. It's so much money. I, says, I didn't ask you if it was expensive. Do you want to do it? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's just the kind of person she was, just full of life and fun and smiles. And I've got a picture on Facebook of her swimming with the dolphins this huge smile on her face. And from ro my rodeo days, I got to be, I, you know, like I said, I competed with some of the, the legends in the sport of rodeo. One of them is Don Gay, eight times world's champion bull rider. And Don has never met any of my family before. I put that picture up of my granddaughter and he, he made a comment on there. He says, I'd know that smile anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I had to text him and say, Donnie, you know, you don't know how, how much that meant to me that, that you made that comment. <laughs> she always had that smile. So that gives me something passionate. 
to talk about. That's For cool. sure. Are you um? Are you still in Las Vegas? Eh, unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I always said all my life that the last place I'd ever want to live is Las Vegas, Nevada. Guess where my wife is originally from? Las Vegas. She grew up in Las Vegas. Uh huh. When we got married, we lived back in the Midwest, Kansas and Oklahoma. I was flying charter out of Tulsa, Oklahoma when I was grounded for medical reasons. And guess what? <gasps> Honey, we don't have your job holding us here anymore. <laughs> guess oh. where we could go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we're waving at you from a different part of the city because we're also in Vegas. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. That's why I caught that earlier that you said you uh, said something about being in, in Vegas and then you referred to it in the current tense. So I thought, oh, he must still be in Vegas. So that's why she asked the question. Yeah. I, I live up on, you know, where Tule Springs is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My house backs up. My backyard is Floyd Lamb State Park. Nothing nice. behind us. Wow. And a moratorium that nothing is going to be built nothing there. Will be built. We're going to come be yes. your neighbor real quick here. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that side of town is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone so who's coming, coming to Vegas, try to, you know, if you can rent a car or if you have a car with you, try to go out that way. To the you know north, what is that north? Um, West. West. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, Northwest area. Check it out. It's really pretty. Oh yeah, I uh, to get to my house, you up ninety five almost before the last exit. That's actually you know within settled areas. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. he's only like ten minutes from the snow. Oh, it yeah, takes a little bit longer than that to get out to Mount Charleston. <laughs> The sheep mountains were covered the other day, almost all the way to the base of the mountains. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of snow we got the other day. Yeah, it's a lot. uh, I think we've gotten more this year than we have in a long time, which we certainly need, because otherwise we're going to be finding more barrels full of bodies up there in the lake. (laughs) Yeah. You know, know, to kind of bring us back into this topic. I'm sorry. Yeah. We we it's my we've had this discussion before. I mean, we've we've moved to Vegas just last May, and one of the things that we both feel is that the pace of life here is a little bit more relaxed and laid back versus um, California. For some stay, context, if you stay away from the tourist areas, <clears throat> right? You just stay away from the strip. Yeah, and you know it's such a nice, easy pace of life. Versus California, where we were just go, 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 go all the time. And I told Tori, I said, I never realized how much stress was affecting my mood until I eased off of it. And I I wonder sometimes um, if the demands of life just get to be so much for people that they just don't know what to do. With with some people, you know, and everybody's different. Like my wife would tell you different than because with her, in her mind, time stands still until she has to be somewhere. Ah, I'm going to be late. <laughs> Interesting. I could, I could appreciate that perspective, though. You 
know, time stands still unless you're going to be late for something. And I, I can appreciate that. And which, which with, with her, she's going to be late for anything she's going to. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the thing. No. Well, it's like time is an interesting construct <clears throat> because, because you're, when you think about it, if, if all you had to do was stay at home all day and you didn't have anything else that was required of you, then what do you care if you spent two <clears throat> hours on this and four hours on that? What do you care? It's, it's your time. But the only time time matters is when you have to go be an adult and go interact with other human beings. Then, you know, be it a, a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, whatever, friends, you know, dinner reservation. Well, then it she, matters. Then time matters. She's a social worker with um, Family Services, which is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. And for the lockdown, you know, it was supposed to be for two weeks. Her first day from working from home was March 12th, 2020. And she was telling me the night before, oh, this is going to be so nice for two weeks. That <laughs> she doesn't have to worry about driving to work because for driving to work, everyone, oh, I'm going to be late. She's gonna, she doesn't have to be rushed, so rushed in the morning to get ready because she has that time. She doesn't have, and on and on and on. She's going like that. Guess what happened that first morning? Oh, I'm going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm not I... gonna be able to, i'm not gonna be able to eat breakfast so i go into the kitchen and i fix her favorite thing that she likes to have in the morning which is these uh really thin bagels with cream cheese on it so i say that a circle with a hole in it saved our marriage during covid <laughs> and i brought that into her and her face just lit up <laughs> I mean, she was almost in tears. She was so happy and excited that I did that. But in my mind, all I could think was, boy, I hope I don't have to do this for two whole weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later. Three years later. I'm still doing it. You're a bagel-making pro now, aren't you? Well, I'm, <laughs> uh, we've gotten away from bagels. I've been doing uh, frozen omelets, what she loves, just and whatever she needs. You know, so I, yeah. <laughs> We worked from home pre-pandemic and then just got a little bit more secluded during the pandemic. <laughs> now we still work from home. Which I, I know what you mean, though, is, you know, people, just, they just feel the stress. And a lot of people that get so stressed out, once again, they get to that position of there's no hope. Well, you know, I find it interesting that we, <clears throat> we had really good doctor's care in, in California. and. When we moved here to Vegas, we wanted the same kind of um, style of doctor care. It's called direct primary care. You, you pay them a subscription, and then you have <clears throat> unlimited access to your doctor. All oh, really? Long. Okay. So you could go to see that doctor every single day if you needed to. Or if, there, if you had some kind of an issue where you needed to go back for like a treatment on a daily basis, you're not putting out hundreds and hundreds of dollars to the doctor. You paid your fee, and that's how they, they cover it. But, of course, they make up for it during the many months that you don't even need to see them. So it's, it's like yeah, typical membership model. But in any event, what, what we noticed right away was he would ask questions about your mental health situation every single visit. Huh. He would ask questions. And kind of similar to what you were, what you were um, saying, you know, you got certified in. Very similar. Not exactly the same, but similar. Right. Just very direct <clears throat> asking the question and then making sure you knew he was listening to you. So if you had a problem, he was open to that. We didn't 
in California, they, they kept themselves boxed in. Um, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, I suspect maybe malpractice laws are a little crazier there, like most laws there. Uh, but <laughs> I would have to research that. So that's just my opinion, people. So please don't start sending me emails screaming about how that's not true because it might not be true. But it was interesting <laughs> to me that he was he's very focused on your mm-hmm. mental health. And the, and the one time since I've known him that I was kind of like, spinning um, having like an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. he spent an entire 45 minute appointment just talking about that oh cool you know and i mean it's it's i wish more people had access to something like that where they have somebody that they can talk to who they can trust isn't going to go spread it around to everybody else it's um one of the myths though about suicide is that if you're talking to somebody, you know, who you feel is thinking about that, be direct. A myth is if you mention suicide, that it's going to put the thought in their head. No. The thoughts are already If somebody's there. <laughs> already thinking about it, you've got to be direct. You don't ever say something like, oh, you're not thinking about killing yourself, are you? Says, are you thinking about suicide? Have you thought about harming yourself? Yes or no? Question I say yes and you start talking. Yeah. Most of the time, almost every time, they'll admit it and start talking. A question that is, has a very clear and direct answer either way. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, you know, the people won't talk about it because they're too ashamed. Or they feel that nobody cares enough to talk to them about it. And that's why you've got to listen. Yep. If more people yeah, knew how to well, listen properly, there'd probably yeah. be a lot less suicides in general in the world. Yeah. QPR like, Institute. Look it up online. QPR Institute. Yeah, and sure. the course is $30. It takes a little over an hour, maybe. Get a little certificate well, says you're a gatekeeper. And... I think people should definitely go check that out. But I'd also like to know, you know, thank you for being here. And I mean, your, for your story, I, I really, um, it was quite emotional for me too. Um, but where can people find you if they want to want to have you come speak or uh, come on a show? How can they reach you? I have a, <clears throat> excuse me. I've got two websites that I started. That's it's, you know, a, a memorial for my granddaughter, but it also has a lot of information on it as well, which one of the most important pieces of information is there's no longer, you know, a toll-free number for the uh, crisis hotline. It's now very, very simple. Call or text 988. So if you're having feelings of self-harm, all you got to do is pick up your phone and call or text nine eight eight on if i haven't said before that number is nine eight eight but the two websites are um i think the uh the ending what's what's the dot what what's that called at the end of the a website 
dot com dot org, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very interesting how I found it. It's, uh, I looked up all the different websites. You know, I stopped for look for stopsuicide dot com taken dot org taken got this dot this dot that. But guess what wasn't taken? Dot life. Wow. Yeah. That's like the perfect one. Yeah. So I've got stopteensuicide.life and stopsuicide.life. And they're, you know, it's the same site, but I just got both both those URLs so that uh, it's the same information. It just one mirrors the other. We'll and make my. Sure that gets into the show <clears throat> notes because people will never have time to write that down. We'll yeah. Make sure that gets in the show notes. And go ahead, continue. And my email there is grandpa at stopsuicide.life. I love it. All right. Well, we'll make sure that gets into the show notes as well. Thank you. Hopefully um, people reach out and um, that, that, that's all I've got for you. Well, well, um, can I put in here? I think, one of the mes- most important messages I have, you know, we're t- you know, I told you you're going to talk about s- statistics, but to me, statistics aren't the important thing. The important thing is is people finding that there is hope. There's so many people, you know, like we talked about today, you know, through social media, through all the things that are going on in news, they feel hopeless. They feel like they're not loved. And I, I grew up in a home where I didn't feel loved as a child or even as a young adult and and people just not feeling good about themselves at all no confidence and and not having hope or loving their but I'm here to tell you that hope still lives love still lives if anybody out there hears my voice right now that if you feel that you're unlovable you are absolutely wrong Love and hope exist. If you don't feel it at home or feel it with, you know, your partner or whoever, go find it somewhere. And I'm not talking about down on a street corner or your friends that you hang out with at a bar or anything like that. Go to a church. Go to a synagogue. Go to a mosque. Go to a youth center. Go anywhere to where you can find somebody who's positive that can share with you how much you are worth. And if you can't find if you can't find anybody who will tell you the words that they love you, listen to my voice right now. I love you. It's love does not know racial bounds. Love does not know any boundaries within within humankind. Love is love. And it's really that simple and it does exist and it is it is powerful. I didn't know love until until meeting my wife and being with her for several years and and growing together and finding out that yeah, true love really does exist. And the joy that it brings is amazing. Love can conquer those feelings of hopelessness and bring hope back into your life. 
That's my message. All right. Well, on that very positive note, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.